Hey everybody, how are you? This is Chris. This is episode 190 of the Libertarian Republican Podcast. Thank you again for listening, for for all the shares and all the likes and everything. And um, had a good a good November. Uh, almost had 998 downloads. It's really really awful compared to you know any other podcast. But uh, well, why not? I'll just keep going. What the hell? Uh, I've got nothing else to do. So <laughs> I got nothing else. But uh, <laughs> it's fun. I enjoy it. But, uh, you know, there's a few people listening. So I get maybe 100, 100 listens per episode or so around there somewhere. So uh, eventually. But uh, uh, so this one I want to talk about um, basically give you a little economic update because we've got this, you know, Joe Biden and the Democrats, of course, are, they're, they're panicking. I think they're freaking out. They're realizing that uh, Biden is down in the polls big time. Well, maybe not big time, but he's down in the polls a little bit. And, and I think everybody's, you know, every people know that the economy is terrible and, and there's really no, there's no t- spinning it. They're trying to spin it. They're trying to tell you, no, no, everything's great because un- inflation is coming down. But, um, and Joe Biden, you know, and, and of course, this is what Democrats do. They love to demonize businesses. So they're going to blame businesses. I mean, they've always done this. Anytime prices go up, they don't blame themselves. They don't blame government. They don't blame money creation, which is what inflation is. You know, inflation is the expansion of the money supply, and that creates uh, price increases. But, uh, you know, every time you create a a new dollar, you devalue all the previously existing dollars. You just lower the, the value of those dollars in relation to real things. And so you're seeing, you know, right now we're seeing gold up. It's well over 2000 It's like $2,072 Right now, Bitcoin is almost forty thousand. Uh, you know, so so we're seeing. You know, people are are starting to go to think, oh boy, this is uh, you know, things are not looking good here, and and our of course our national debt is skyrocketing, which I've talked about a million times. But um, but inflation, they're they're latching on to inflation because inflation is down a little bit. Um, but it's still at, at three and a half percent. So it's uh, the core or the PCE is three three and a half percent for October. Um, now that excludes food and energy, and but it's still well below the two percent goal of the Fed, which is itself is pretty stupid because why do you want your money to lose two percent of its value every year? Why would anybody want that? None of us want that. But that's the plan. That's the actual plan that the government has for us. Uh, our overlords want us to lose 2% of our money's value every year. Um, and it's because they're incredibly in debt. And so they want to pay back their debts with money that is less valuable. So uh, that's, that's, why they, that's one of the reasons why they do it. So, but, uh, but let's just run through a few, a few. And I think that, so, okay, uh, the the way they the way Chairman Powell is fighting inflation is by raising rates, right? He's the rates are five and a half percent right now. So 
What, but what is the point of that? And he specifically said that the point is to create un- unemployment. I mean, that's that's the whole point. He wants to slow the economy because he's he has this Keynesian worldview that inflation is caused by people's just too many people spending too much money. And of course, that's not what causes inflation. Money creation, the expansion of the money supply, is what causes inflation. But now we can separate. Uh, I've talked before about price increases, that's not really inflation, but that's one of the symptoms of inflation. Um, and But there are other things that cause price increases, like uh, increased underlying price of energy, which is, ener- you know, the, the, the Biden war on affordable energy, trying to make everything more expensive, essentially. And I think he really is. I mean, the Democrats really are trying to make everything more expensive because they want us to do less. They want all of us to do less. They want all of us to drive less, to fly less, to eat less, to use our, you know, our, our televisions less, to use everything less. They want us to do less of everything because everything we do is bad for the environment. So they want us to do less of everything. Of course, they won't. Uh, you know, the Democrats, the, the, the political ruling class, they'll still, they'll still you know, go do whatever the hell they want. Um, you know, and I think that once you start really paying attention to what all these people, you know, because they, they're at the, the COP28 or 23, whatever it is, the, the, uh, the uh, climate uh, meeting, the big climate meeting right now. And, you know, they're all talking about how, we, oh, we need, to, we need to stop people from doing stuff. Um, you know, and that, that's, that's what it's all about. Of course, they will never stop themselves from doing anything. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, that is really their goal is to create unemployment, and, you know, to, to constrict our economic activity. That's what they want. They want to stop us from doing stuff. But, but Chairman Powell, I think, is more focused on the economics of, of you know, his fa- flawed economic view that, that inflation is caused by too many people working and spending and earning money and spending money. So one of the ways they want to slow it all down is by creating unemployment. And they have, they are creating unemployment. They're, that's working. I mean, they're, they're doing that. Uh, the unemployment rate is going up. It's gone up to 3.9. So it's gone up uh, 3.9 or 3.7. I forget what it was. But yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's gone up. And uh, its uh, unemployment claims surged in October to 1.93 million, which is the highest level in two years. Uh, and we've, we're seeing all kinds of layoffs, right? We're seeing tons of layoffs here. I mean, we've got, I just wrote down a few things. Wayfair has been laying off people for 10 straight weeks. Uh, Condé Nast, which is a publisher, uh, they publish the New Yorker, Vogue, GQ, Vanity Fair. They're they're laying off five percent of their workforce. Vox is laying off four percent, uh, and then they actually they cut. They've already cut seven percent of their workforce this year. So the total, so the total workforce cuts have been eleven percent in the year twenty twenty three. U.S. Steel is laying off a thousand a thousand workers. Uh, there's a bunch of Bay Area tech layoffs. The Bay Area, uh, San Francisco Bay Area tech companies have. have uh, there's an article I read about said that the layoffs in 2023 
are double the pace of the of 2022. So there have been actually about 31,300 layoffs in the tech sector in the in the Bay Area since uh, the beginning of 2022. So in the last two years, 31,300 layoffs. Um, hey, how about the Washington Post? They're laying off 240 people. Uh, hopefully they'll lay off 100% of their workforce. But uh, Pfizer is laying off people. Uh, Textron, the, the, people who, the company that makes Cessna planes, laying off 2% of their workforce up in Providence, Rhode Island. I think that was in Providence. Uh, there's a company in Stamford, Connecticut, Gene DX, laying off 10%. Uh, the EV battery company, O-N-E-1. Oh, it's like, I, I think it's like Our Next Energy is what that stands for. They're laying off 25% uh, of their workforce. Citibank is laying off 10% of their senior management. Uh, LG, they also make EV batteries. They have a plant in Michigan. They're cutting 170 workers. So, and so the number of, when you add up all these numbers, when you look at the, the unemployment rate, uh, from from the same time last year, uh, well, yeah, same time last year, the number of unemployed people in America is up about eight percent. So now some people think that ten once that hits ten percent, that is sort of a a, re, a recession signal, right? But now you know you got to remember though, because I've talked about this before about recession. Uh, the recession is just G plus C plus I. So the government can just spend tons and tons and tons of money, which is exactly what it's done. The government, government spending is skyrocketing. And, and so uh, it's just masking. So the, the private economy is shrinking, but the, the public economy, the taxpayer-funded economy is expanding. And so it's masking, you know, it's covering up the, the, the actual recession. You know, we, I think we really are in a recession but, you know, we're in a private economy recession, but the public economy, the government just keeps spending money that, that, that it doesn't have. And so, it, so the, the actual, you know, technical statistic that the government uses says, look at that, look at that, it's not a recession. Oh, we're not in a recession at all. But if you look at, look at these, uh, like the leading economic indicators, uh, the LEI, the conference board, LEI, 20 straight months of decline or of, of contraction. Uh, the manufacturing indexes are just awful. The Richmond Fed is down negative five. The Philly Fed is down negative 5.9. So it's three negative months in a row. And it's 16th negative month in the last 18 months. So, so 16 out of the last 18 months for the Philly Fed manufacturing index have been negative. Uh, and the and the uh, the future expectations index, the the optimism survey part of that index is down uh, two point negative two point one. The Dallas Fed is down huge negative nineteen point nine, which is the nineteenth consecutive negative month. So it's been down nineteen consecutive months, and the F uh, the the uh, future. Earning or future expectations index or survey is down 13, negative 13.4, huge. Uh, 
Kansas City Fed is down negative two, and the future outlook down negative one. It's been negative all year. The ISM report, uh, manufacturing report, is, is down 13 consecutive months. It's 13 consecutive months of contraction. So, yeah, it, it's all this. So the manufacturing sector of the economy is a, is a disaster, um, absolute disaster. Now, there were some, there were a couple that were up, like the Chicago area uh, was up, but that's because of the, um, the auto workers went back to work, you know, because the strike was over. And, and actually the Empire State one was up a little bit, but it's still, if you look at the long-term chart, it still looks pretty bad, but it was up the last, uh, I think in October, some, for some reason. But um, you have to go, you can go dig into that if you want. But, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty bad. The, so the, I think the, the future outlook, and, you, and you, look at, you look at home prices, home, new home prices are down 18%. And the sales are down, so new home sales are down. Basically, nobody can afford to buy a house because of the interest rates, the mortgage mortgage rates. So, you know, these home builders are dying. They're sitting on all these, they're sitting on huge inventories. Um, so that is, you know, that uh, sector of the economy is, is going to, uh, is, is suffering too, which is a big deal. I mean, that's a big part of the economy. Uh, basically, everybody's everybody's suffering except for the government. Government workers are great. Oh, they're great. Nobody's nobody's getting fired at the government level. You know, of course, the government doesn't have any money, so they just print up money and and pay themselves and say, "Oh, look how great the economy is," you know. And um, uh, but if, if you look at you know regular people, sixty <laughs> percent. There was a survey. Sixty percent of Americans think that their paychecks have not kept up with inflation. Sixty percent of people. So, and then if you look at um, you look at the future, like the NFIB, the National Federation of Independent Businesses, their optimism survey has has been down has been for twenty two straight months now. It's been below their fifty year average of ninety eight. So twenty two straight months, uh, the the optimism survey has been has been low. Uh, historically low, so you know the in so so that's independent or small businesses basically. That's the NFIB. They represent small American small businesses. They are not optimistic about the future. And then you've got the warn notices. So you've got uh, basically this is an article in in uh, Market Watch. I I stumbled across. But it's this this WARN Act, the the Worker Adjustment and Retraining Notification Act, and it basically requires companies to to notify workers that uh, things are being are, are you know factories are going to be closed or whatever, or there might be layoffs coming, and the, so the, those WARN Act notices are up, which means you know you're you which means which points to future unemployment, you know, the a rise of unemployment in the future. So, you know, th- this is not good. And um and so I think you got to think about like what does all this mean if the economy really gets bad next year, which I think it is, 
we go into a recession. What is what happens? You know, people get on when when people lose their jobs, they get on unemployment. Well, so the government, well, where's the government going to get all that money? You know, the, so you got to have new people asking for government money. Well, where is the government going to get all the money? The money, the government is broke, so the government is going to have to borrow more money. Well, how's it? How does it borrow money? It sells treasury bonds. It sells bonds and T bills. Well. What if nobody's buying these bills, these bonds and bills, and, which is what's happening? Basically, you're, they've, they're trying to sell bonds, and a lot of these bonds are not finding, they're not finding buyers. So that means that the, if they can't find people to buy them, then they either have to do two things. They have to do one of two things. They have to raise the interest rates because – People aren't. People don't want to buy a government bond for five and a half percent. Maybe, maybe they'll buy it at six percent or seven percent. They want to earn more money because they know the government is broke and probably will never pay them back. So it's a higher risk, right? Uh, you know, it's basically you'd be a complete idiot to buy a government bond at this point because you know the government is broke and will never pay you back. But um, so you'll e- either have to raise interest rates, and if you raise interest rates. Well, then that increases the costs, the, the, the debt service payments, right? So the government is going to have to pay more to service this debt because they now they have to pay 7%, 8%, 9%, 10% on these bonds. Where are they going to get that money? Well, they're going to have to borrow even more money. And it's a de- it's a, basically a debt spiral. Uh, and, and or, now, you know, or what they could do is just have the Fed buy the bonds, which is that's something like what the Japanese are doing. The Japanese government just buys all the bonds and just prints up money. But then you print up money. Well, what do you do? You just, you, when you print money, all you do is increase inflation. You, so we're going to have, so I don't see any way out of this, basically. So, you know, I did an episode a while back about the, uh, you know, called Prepare for the Collapse. And I have not gotten any more optimistic or any less pessimistic. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're just spiraling towards disaster here. I mean, there's no, the only way we can stop this is if we cut government dramatically. We have to cut the government dramatically and cut the regulations that and, and stimulate growth. We need growth. We need economic growth. And you can't get economic growth when you have this gigantic parasitic bureaucracy government bureaucracy, regulatory bureaucracy, making everything we do more expensive and more time-consuming. And, and uh, you know, like I always go back to the one, the one, the clearest example is the, the economic, uh, I'm sorry, the environmental impact studies, where during the Obama administration, it, it took like, like five years for you to get for, for the government to complete an economic, indi- I mean, an uh, environmental impact study. So if you wanted to build something, you had to wait five years for the government to, to make up their mind about whether or not you could do it. And, and Trump came in and said, you know what, we need to stop that. We need to get that down to like a year or two. And, uh, and he was doing that. He was, he was working toward that. And that was one of the things that was helping our economy to actually grow. But of course, Joe Biden came in and just massively increased all these environmental regulations and everything. And, and uh, I mean, just talk to, to, I've mentioned this about, you know, talk to Elon Musk about the environmental impact study 
that that has been delaying his whole um, launch site down in Boca Chica, Texas. So, so yeah, I mean, we, you know, I don't see, certainly, uh, I don't see any relief until, yeah, hopefully, Trump wins next year. Now, if Trump doesn't win, there is no relief. There is no relief. There will be no relief ever. Um, that'll be it. That'll be the end. And, uh, um, and then, you know, once again, that's back to the uh, prepare, prepare for the collapse. So, <laughs> uh, but hopefully we can, we can hang in there for a year. You know, I wonder if, if what, they're, what they're really, you know, if, if they can't win next year, if they can't beat Trump next year, what they're going to do is just, you know, maybe what they could do is just set us up for a gigantic crash, you know, just hold the crash off until after the election and then just blame everything on Trump. <laughs> so beware of that. You know, that's what I, I think will happen. If there is a crash after Trump wins, you know, in 2025, there's a crash, a huge crash, um, they'll just blame it on Trump. And it depends on what Trump does, of course. Maybe it'll be his fault. Who knows? But, um, but you know, certainly um, all of this, you know, everything that the government is doing right now is just just killing us. You know, it's just killing the economy. And they're doing all the wrong things, uh, printing money, raising energy prices, uh, constricting economic growth through regulation, you know, wasting our money on on foreign wars and foreign aid, importing millions of poor people who need more money, who are, you know, basically more demand for taxpayer money. You know, what we want to do is make, we want more Americans to be independent and self-sufficient and, and not reliant on government spending. But that's not what the Democrats are all about. I, I did the episode, you know, the Democrat business model. They have a very good business model. Vote for me, and I will steal the money from that person over there and give it to you. And as long as they can get, you know, 51% of the people dependent on uh, the, the 49%, then they can just get the 51% of the people to vote to steal the money from the 49%. And that's exactly what's going to happen. That's exactly how communist countries, you know, that's how countries turn to communism and and that's how uh, economies die. I mean, that's how countries die. That's how Venezuela has died, basically. Um, you know, they they. So I, you know, look, it's it's not looking good. But hopefully, we can we can hang in there till uh, till Trump wins next year. So let's let's cross our fingers. But uh, good luck out there. All right, that's it. I will uh, I will see you on the next one. Please give me some some uh, good likes and shares and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you can check me out on Podbean. Uh, nobody ever goes to Podbean. You go to Podbean and check it out. And you can um, you can uh, message me. You can follow me and all that kind of stuff. All right, I will see you on the next one. All right, bye bye.